Hi, everyone, and welcome to Premier League Payoff, the soccer podcast that's part of the Total Sports 24-7 network. This is Chris Hayes, the host and producer for this podcast and all podcasts across the Total Sports 24-7 network. You can find us on X at Total Sports underscore 247. You can find episodes of your favorite podcasts across the network on our website, totalsports247.podbean.com. Consider subscribing to our newsletter at weekendweekout.substack.com. And of course, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Podbean has its own podcast app on which you can listen to your favorite podcasts on the Total Sports 24-7 network. But you can also listen to wherever it is that you listen to your podcast, right? So Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, a whole host of others have uh, the Total Sports 24-7 network available for your listening pleasure. So subscribing so you know when we put out episodes, rating and reviewing to help our algorithm and spread the word about uh, what it is that we're doing here at the network. We would really appreciate it. So for match day 26, we're going to cover just three matches today, but before we get into that, we're going to talk about our plays from last week, and we're going to talk a little bit about the winner odds that are out there on DraftKings for the English Premier League, and then we'll get into our play. So last week, we covered five matches, and we did okay. We ended up five and five. But we had uh, plays that were longer shot that did hit and longer shot plays that didn't that we weren't betting as much money on. So we feel okay about our performance from last week. The first match was Burnley versus Arsenal. We had Arsenal to win and over two and a half goals at minus 135. That hit. We had Bukayo Saka to score at plus 140. That hit. And then... The flyer that we took that did not hit was Declan Rice to have one or more assists. That was plus 330, and he did not have an assist, and we're surprised that he didn't because Arsenal blew out Burnley 5 to nothing. And so we thought, if anything, that would be the opportunity for Rice to get one assist on five goals for the Arsenal club. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, but again, just a flyer on a plus 330 play that, in retrospect... We'd probably do again, but unfortunately, just given the way the match worked out, it did not hit. The second match that we were wrong about in some respects, but right in others, was Newcastle versus Bournemouth. And Newcastle was favored minus 115. That's what we were wrong about. They didn't look all that good in this match. In a 2-2, they ended up drawing, but they were uh, in danger of losing. And uh, we did see Anthony Gordon score for Newcastle at plus 180. That was a win for us. Remember, we saw Callum Wilson's uh, uh, DraftKings odds for uh, scoring and any other statistic, and he did not play. And that was one of our motivating factors for choosing Gordon as an anytime scorer, and that ended up paying off for us. Newcastle overall just didn't play well, and we thought Burnmouth played inspired, so uh, a miss on the overall game, but an intelligent play, quite honestly, on Gordon for the anytime scorer. Fulham versus Aston Villa. This was just a miss on our part. We took Fulham on the um, money line, or sorry, we took Fulham to win at plus 190, and 
we really just shouldn't have. I think we overestimated the way Fulham has played at home relative to its disastrous performances away from their home stadium. And I think we underestimated Aston Villa a little bit. We're still not completely confident that Villa is uh, a top flight club relative to, let's just say, the other five or six teams in the at the top of the table. But that doesn't mean that they can't go and beat Fulham. And we realize that now. So that was a loss on our part. Man City, Chelsea, this game just did not go according to the way we thought it would. We thought Man City would be able to steamroll what is a talented Chelsea club, but that talent showed up in a 1-1 draw. And Chelsea outplayed Man City for most of this match. And uh, the bets that we had, De Bruyne uh, plus 135 to get an anytime assist or to get one plus assist more accurately. No, that did not hit over three and a half goals. No, that did not hit. And those were short odds. De Bruyne was plus 135 and over three and a half goals was plus 110. So we were fairly confident in that. It did not happen. We will not now be betting De Bruyne every single week like we had had said until uh, he misses his assist mark. And uh, that's what happened. Man City is, I don't want to say that they're struggling, but their performances have not been dominant. Let's say that. And so we're going to take a little bit of time off for Man City to see if they can uh, rise up to the level that we're accustomed to seeing from them. And then lastly, Luton versus Man United. We nailed this one. Man U minus 125. And then separately, we took Man U and both teams to score at plus 190. Both of those hit. And <laughs> that hit in the first 15 minutes, uh, both teams to score. It ended up being 2-1. It was 2-1 after 15 minutes. And then it was a uh, scrappy, tension-filled match the rest of the way. Man U managed to pull out the victory and continue their winning way. So uh, again, we that went the way we thought it would at the beginning. And it was a little bit of a hold-your-breath kind of game, uh, especially in the second half, but Man U pulled it out. And so we hit that bet. So let's turn to the table and then talk about the odds to win the league based on current standings. Now this is a this is really interesting, and there's there's a point here that I want to make that I haven't really heard anybody talk about uh, concerning the top three. Um, so we've got Liverpool, who still has uh, one additional match played relative to the rest of the league because they played earlier this week against Luton. I think that they moved the match to midweek. This is my guess because of the Carabao Cup that is on Sunday where they will be facing off against Chelsea in a rematch of the 2022 Carabao Cup final. So I think this match maybe was initially scheduled for Saturday and they moved it up to midweek. Liverpool ended up scoring four goals, I believe all in the second half. They were definitely down one love or one nothing, <laughs> love, one nothing, uh, one nil <laughs> to use the soccer uh, parlance. Uh, but they ended up scoring four in a row to win 4-1 and take care of business against a Luton team that is now in relegation status. So they've played 26, where the rest of the teams at the top have played 25. Liverpool is in first with 60 points. Man City is holding on to second place with 56, and Arsenal has 55 Liverpool has won four out of five. Man City has won four out of five as well. But like I said, they struggled against Chelsea last week in that game that we did not call correctly. They also played earlier this week on Tuesday in another unimpressive performance, a 1-0 win against Brentford, but a win nonetheless. 
And then Arsenal has won five in a row in league play, including that dominating 5-0 performance last weekend. Now, here's what people are not talking about. At least I haven't heard anyone talk about this, and I'm a little surprised because I think it could be a developing story. If this three-way or this three-team race turns into something that could be like a tie or closer to that towards the, you know, closer than what it is towards the end of the season, right? The tiebreakers in the league go as follows. So if there is a tie to settle positioning within the league, they have four criteria that they look at. And that's what determines where you finish if you have the same amount of points as a given team. And this isn't just for first place in the league. It is for, um, you know, ties, you know, if you're finishing in 12th position or if you're finishing towards relegation status, there's a there's a hierarchy that they look at in terms of how to break tiebreakers. And the first of the four is goal differential. Now, when we look at the goal differential story in the league, Liverpool has the best goal differential at 38. Arsenal is second at 36. And Man City is third at 32. It may not sound as if the goal differential story is one to pay too much attention to because those numbers are fairly close, but I don't think they're as close as they may appear at first glance. There's only 12 or 13 matches left to play, unless, you know, Liverpool with 12, Man City and Arsenal with 13. Four goals to make up for Man City is a significant differential. They're going to have to do better in terms of goal allowance. They're, they've allowed 26, Liverpool's allowed 25 with one extra game, and Arsenal's allowed 22. So out of the three that are at the top, they've allowed the most goals. Goals four, they have the same as Arsenal. Arsenal's, of course, picking it up with five against Burnley, six against West Ham, three against Liverpool, in their and five against Crystal Palace, and those are just in their last... Those are four of their last five games. So Arsenal is uh, pulling even with Man City on the uh, amount of goals that they're scoring and managing to keep their goals allowed down. So if there is a tie at the top of the table right now, if all these three teams were to finish tied for points, Man City's finishing third in the league. And I'm going to segue here into the odds maker story for how the books are seeing the favorites right now. So this is a little bit interesting. When we look at these three teams, Arsenal's odds are much longer than Liverpool's, and Liverpool is a clear second to Man City. At DraftKings and BetMGM right now, this is where you can get Man City at plus money or at plus 100. These are the two books where Man City has now is now not a minus favorite. Liverpool is listed at plus 175 and Arsenal is listed at plus 400 on both these books. They have the same exact odds. 
FanDuel and Caesars still have Man City at minus money. FanDuel's minus 115. Caesars is minus 111. Not much variance on Liverpool. FanDuel has them at plus 170. And Caesars has them at 175, just like DraftKings and BetMGM do. Arsenal is, is a very interesting story. And I think you know, if you've listened to this podcast the last few weeks, how much of a fan I am of this Arsenal team. I actually took them at 7-1 to one odds for the uh, for the championship that <laughs> they just lost to Porto uh, last, what was it, a couple days ago. And I don't know that I'm, <laughs> I don't think I'm having regret over that decision yet, but they're definitely going to have to step up their performance on the you know, return uh, in, in, um, in that championship. Either way, we've got Arsenal again, plus 400 at DraftKings and BetMGM. Caesars has them at plus 375, and FanDuel has them at plus 430. So if you're looking for, if you have confidence in Arsenal like I do to challenge for the top of the table, FanDuel's your place to go at plus 430 right now. And I think these odds might get shorter as the season progresses because I think Arsenal's going to keep winning. So worth uh, a small bet, I think, to take Arsenal at plus 430. Man City, if you really think they're going to win, you can do the even money play at DK and BetMGM. And then Liverpool, again, kind of the same across the board. Uh, I don't know if it's worth placing a bet on them now. We'll see. But uh, again, plus money finally, I guess, at, for Man City at DK and BetMGM. And again, Liverpool has the game in hand because of this uh, final uh, on Sunday against Chelsea in the Carabao Cup. So eventually the table's going to even out and we can draw or we can create better comparisons among these top three. But I don't know. I think this Arsenal team is coming on strong. They're playing extremely well, uh, aggressively. The Porto match notwithstanding, uh, playing very well in the league and... They might be worth uh, a little bit of a uh, investment to um, to potentially win the league. I, I think at plus four thirty, it's really not a bad play at all. And we'll be talking about Arsenal as uh, one of our three matches to cover on the episode today. So let's get into the three matches that we have for you uh, with uh, bet recommendations. These matches are all taking place on Saturday. One of them is on TV here in the U.S. on USA Network. I think the other two are on Peacock. So if you do subscribe to Peacock, you can uh, watch uh, these matches. So the first match we're going to cover is Aston Villa versus Nottingham Forest. Again, Villa is the team that we have underestimated, maybe to our detriment. But I just don't know that they're um, uh, that strong. Actually, before we get to this. Let's talk about the story at the bottom of the table, too. Then we'll get into it. So the bottom of the table does look very interesting now. I said that Luton lost that match to Liverpool earlier this week, and that put them at the in 18th place in danger of relegation. And the story here is the goal differential as well. Everton is in 17th, Luton is in 18th, and Everton is just minus 6 on their goal differential, and Luton is minus 16. So... 
Luton really is going to have to win on points rather than a tie with Everton on goal differential. I don't think there's any chance that they make up uh, 10 goals with only 13 matches to play. So that's the story with the Cinderella team, Luton Town. They're going to have to start winning in the the final third uh, mark of the season here in order to overtake Everton and potentially a Nottingham Forest team that sits in 16th to avoid relegation. Okay, I wanted to make that point before we moved on. So let's look at this Aston Villa-Nottingham Forest match. So the odds on DraftKings are Villa is at minus 180. Forest is plus 450. The draw is at plus 350. And again, this match is at 10 a.m. Eastern time on USA Network. Villa has been struggling. They had a, a sort of a rebound, I guess, kind of performance against um, uh, against Fulham, the one that we thought that they might lose, because they had lost against Man U before that. They had a fine outing, of course, against Sheffield United, the bottom team in the league. But they lost to Newcastle three to one back on January thirtieth, and they. Drew even with Everton in a 0-0 match back on January 14th. So they've been spotty, maybe a little inconsistent, and not playing up to the standard that we saw at the beginning of the season, right? And that was a lot of the logic that I applied to uh, why I thought Fulham could upset uh, this Aston Villa club. Of course, that did not happen. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on with this match. We've got Bubakar Kamara still out in the midfield. And from a defensive standpoint, he's still a very big loss. But someone who's been on a great stretch for this Aston Villa team is one of the best forwards in the league. That's Ollie Watkins. He has uh, 13 goals, which puts him fourth in the league, and 10 assists on the season, which is tied for first in the league overall. Uh, that is according to the the uh, Premier League website. ESPN said he had 11 assists, so I'm not sure exactly what is right, but either way, he's either outright in first place with 11 or tied for first with 10. He has four goals and four assists in his last six matches within the Premier League. When we look at this Forest team, they had a, a pretty impressive win against West Ham last week in a 2-0 victory. Prior to that, they hadn't kept a clean sheet in league play since early November. But the interesting thing about that is that that November match was against this Aston Villa club. They've allowed at least two goals against in eight of their last 13, and six of those eight have seen at least three goals. So really just... Uh, leaky in, the, in their defense and allowing goals, which has seen them become very close and you know perilously close to relegation status with, again, Luton right now sitting in the 18th place. When we look at Nottingham Forest, they have had a very interesting season because, uh, yes, they have struggled, especially defensively, but... We know that uh, they went. They underwent a change in leadership uh, in December, and that was when they uh, got rid of Steve Cooper and replaced him with former Tottenham manager Nuno Espirito Santo. And Cooper, uh, from what I could tell, was quite popular with the Nottingham Forest fan base. So I think there was, I don't know that there was hesitation or 
that the fan base was upset per se because the performance was not there. They were three, five, and nine with him going into the seat or at, at that point when they when they let him go. And it felt like a change had to be made so that relegation would not be a possibility. And since Nuno has taken over, they're three, one, and four. So playing much better um, and avoiding relegation status for now being four points out of that 18th place. In these eight matches, this three, one, and four record, they scored in every single one. And the over two and a half has hit in seven of eight matches for them. So that's going to be our play for this match. We like both teams to score. And we like combining that with the over two and a half goals. And that results in a bet of minus 115 over on DraftKings. We are thinking about... Ollie Watkins to score that goal at plus 120. We are we are going to take that actually. We're going to take Ollie Watkins to score at plus 120. If you want to be more adventurous and take him for first goal, that's four to one. And we kind of like that too. We might do a smaller play for first goal. We definitely like him to score at some point at plus 120. But first goal is somewhat tantalizing at a four to one odds so what we'll probably do is maybe like a quarter unit on that so our pick is going to be both team to score and Aston Villa Nottingham Forest and we think goals will not be hard to come by let's just say so over two and a half combining that we think that's a pretty good play and the odds of minus 115 we'll take that for sure the second match includes or uh Pits, I should say, Man United against Fulham. Man U is minus 170. Fulham is plus 425. The draw is plus 350. This is at 10 a.m. as well. And again, I believe this is on Peacock for uh, those of us in the U.S. I think Man U is playing really, really well. I think there's a lot of skepticism around how they've played in this recent winning stretch. I think there is... This sense that, yeah, they're winning, but they're maybe getting a little bit lucky. They're not uh, performing when you look at the statistics as well as the results would indicate. I don't know. I don't care, quite honestly. The, you know, Winning is winning, and the results are showing up for this Man U team, and they're streaking towards a uh, higher finish in this Premier League right now. They have overtaken... Uh, Brighton and Newcastle for sixth place. That is, I think, uh, that that will not be relinquished. I, I don't imagine. And I think they have their eyes set, set on Tottenham in fifth and Aston in fourth. I think, man, you could still get into this top four. They're only five points behind Aston Villa with 13 matches. I think it's absolutely doable. And again, man, you's on a four-match winning streak. Wins against Luton, that Aston Villa club. They beat West Ham and they beat Wolves. So, they, uh, as we said last week, these four wins, none of them are against teams at the, you know, at the total bottom of the league, right? We look at Wolves. Wolves is in 11th. That was a 4-1 win. We've got West Ham in 9th. That was a 3-love win. Or I keep saying love, 3-0 win. Uh, Aston Villa, a win. 
the Villa's in fourth, of course. And then the one that was at the bottom was Luton with the 2-1 of most recent, uh, their most recent win. And before that, they drew even with Tottenham, who's in fifth. So again, decent to good competition for the most part. And the results are showing up. And I anticipate the results to keep showing up this weekend. Uh, before we uh, get into the picks, uh, I want to give you a little bit of an injury update in this one. It sounds as if forward Rasmus Hoyland, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, I think I am, that he is out and that he will miss up to three weeks with a muscle injury. And he's, I mean, he scored goals in his last six games. Six matches in a row. He's the youngest player in the Premier League era to achieve such a feat. So this is a pretty big loss for man you. But I think they do have the depth to overcome this loss. We'll likely see increased opportunities for someone like Alejandro Garnacho and the uh, significance of the way Bruno Fernandez plays, I think, will dictate how this match goes against Fulham. Fulham is, like like we said uh, last week, in our uh, analysis of the Fulham-Villa match, they're two different teams when you look at them at home versus away. They are really not good away at all. In fact, uh, analyst Brad Thomas said that they're the second worst team in, in the Premier League away from home. Now, part of it has to do with that they've played a very challenging schedule up to this point away from home, and it it, it does get a little bit easier in this final third of the season. But second worst is second worst. And that's not going to get it done against a team that's on a four-match winning streak. So while you may doubt the way Man U has played, they are certainly aggressive. And uh, we think that they're going to continue their winning ways. So we like them uh, to win. We're going to... Uh, parlay that with a goal scorer for Man U. And uh, this is the uh, another goal scorer besides Garnacho that we think will have more opportunity because of the loss of Hoyland in this match, and that's Marcus Rashford. So we're going to parlay uh, Rashford to score and Man U, and that results in a bet of plus 180. We really like this play a lot. We We... We're successful last week when we saw an absence of who to go with in terms of a goal scorer. And we hope that our analysis here is uh, following suit. And uh, we're going to go with Rashford. Like you could go with Garnacho, you could go with Fernandez. We think Rashford of the three is the most likely to score. We think Fernandez might set him up for uh, goal scoring opportunities. And so we. We like this play, and that's what we're going to go with. Man U to win, and Marcus Rashford to score at plus 180. Our final match, third one of the weekend that we're covering, is, (laughs) I kind of want to say my Arsenal club. I don't know. Maybe that's a little, um, I don't know. Maybe they're not mine. They're, they're my favorite. They're my team of the moment. Arsenal versus Newcastle. Uh, this is at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, 
I don't know if this is on Peacock, but I haven't seen it on uh, regular TV. So uh, check uh, if you do have Peacock, check your subscription and see if this is on. Arsenal's minus 270. Newcastle's plus 650. The draw is plus 450. Now, this is very important for Arsenal in terms of who is available to play. And that's how we're going to start uh, talking about this match. Because they have a lot of injuries and a lot of people are very close to coming back. And DraftKings seems to think that all of these players are playing. I don't know if that's the case. So first, we've got midfielder Thomas Party, uh, Coach or the boss there, Arteta, said that he thinks that Party is very close. Now, uh, Party, their midfielder, has been out since October after undergoing thigh surgery and his recovery suffered a setback last month and that's per the athletics so i'm not fully sold that he will be playing but the coach is saying that he's very close so it's something to keep an eye on for this match second gabriel jesus it was characterized as the same thing with him per arteta he said that party and jesus are basically in the same position. Jesus is dealing with a knee injury. Third, we've got defender Alexander Zinchenko, who suffered a calf injury last month. The expectation is that he is in the same boat as Jesus and Party, that these three are more likely to come back than, uh, than not for this match this weekend. DraftKings has them all on their boards for individual player bets. There's another player that DraftKings also has listed who Arteta is quoted as saying needs more time, and that's defender Takahiro Tomiyasu. So it's a very uh, sort of perilous uh, time for Arsenal health-wise, especially given the volume of matches that they have to play, given all the different... Uh, champions and uh, the different tournaments, so to speak, that they are that they're uh, involved in. They have been playing so well in the Premier League, though, that uh, the health of these four, while it's important long term, I think they'll be fine against Newcastle if they either don't play or play limited roles and limited minutes. Uh, Arsenal really didn't look good, of course, in this match against Porto in the Champions League. I was completely shocked at this. They they had a style that we haven't seen in the Premier League. They were almost letting Porto dictate and trying to capitalize on opportunities that never came because they just weren't aggressive. And they ended up losing. So we'll see how the return match goes. Uh, when that takes place later on in the season or, or in the uh, Champions League. But I don't want to look at that match and discount how it is that they've played in the league. I think they're two different animals. I think coming back to the league will reinvigorate them. And I think they're going to play just as they have in the last few weeks. Listen to this crazy stat. This is from Mark O'Hare. Th they have allowed two shots on target in their last three uh, Premier League matches combined. That is crazy. 
And over their last five, another stingy number. They've only allowed 21 shots in the box in their last five matches. Now, when you look at uh, the other side of things here, Newcastle defender Dan Byrne has been struggling in recent weeks. And we know that uh, Bukayo Saka has not been struggling. And so uh, if if Byrne uh, continues to play, we like this matchup for Arsenal for sure. And there's a little bit of controversy coming into this match because of the way the first match between these teams went down earlier this season. It was a one nothing win for Newcastle with Anthony Gordon scoring in the 64th minute. Arsenal fans thought that the goal should have been reversed by VAR. And they looked at it for four minutes in that match. Ultimately, the goal stood. Arteta afterwards called it a disgrace and embarrassing. And so I think revenge might be on the minds of Arsenal. I think they're probably disappointed with the way they played against Porto and are ready to take it out on Newcastle. So despite the fact that they may be somewhat tired after playing uh, earlier this week, I think that the motivation is going to be there. And we like the matchup that Saka has against Dan Byrne and Newcastle defense overall. And we like Arsenal to win. So we're going with Arsenal to win and Saka with anytime goal scorer at plus 175. That's going to be our play for this one. So a limited slate this week. Let's review our picks and get out of here on Premier League payoff. Our first pick in the match of Aston Villa and Nottingham Forest. We are going with both teams to score and over two and a half goals at minus 115. Separately, we're going with Ollie Watkins to score at plus 120. And we're going to take a flyer on him to score the first goal at plus 400. Second match, Man United against Fulham. We are Still confident in the way Man U has played. We're going to take them to win and combine that with Marcus Rashford to score anytime, which results in a play of plus 180. And then lastly, Arsenal and Newcastle. We're still confident in the way Arsenal has played despite the slip up in Champions League. We think they're going to win and we're going to ride this wave that Bukayo Saka has been on. We've picked him a couple times. He's cash for us. We're going to do it again. Arsenal to win, Saka anytime goal scorer, plus 175. So that'll do it for this week's episode of Premier League Payoff. Enjoy the matches this weekend, and we'll be back next weekend for more analysis as the games get more and more important. Enjoy the matches.